0: Well, have you ever noticed something? Uh, Let's say you're driving along in a car full of people. Uh, It's uh, late afternoon and and suddenly you notice the most amazing sunset. You know, the sky ablaze with the most stunning hues of of red and and orange that you can imagine. What do you do? you you just got to say something, don't you? you? You have to... You have to praise it, and you have to bring it to everyone else's attention too. You go, wow, look at that. Isn't that amazing? Or let's say you're listening to music on, on the radio, or on YouTube, or Spotify, or whatever it is that you do these days, and suddenly you hear the most amazing song you've ever heard. What do you do? Well, you, you copy that link and you, you, you tweet-a-gram it out to, to all of your internet friends, don't you? You say, internet friends, wow, you've got to listen to this amazing song. I'm sure you'd agree that there is, there is something about us human beings that's drawn to praise the things that we find beautiful, and glorious, and something in us that just, just wants the people around us to enjoy those things and praise them too. Well, it's this phenomenon that we're going to see at work today as uh, we look together at Psalm 67. Uh, The difference is uh, the object of praise in this psalm is far more amazing, far more glorious than any sunset or song If you don't already have a Bible open in front of you at Psalm 67, can I encourage you to grab one now, turn with me there, it's page 901 of the church Bibles, that's Psalm 67. Now the fact is, we don't actually know who wrote this psalm, Uh, we're not told the person's name, Uh, but we do know that this psalm was meant to be sung out loud, it's a song. And we know that it was meant to be sung to the joyful accompaniment of stringed instruments, you know, harps and lyres and the like. And look with me at the title up the top, where it says, for the director of music, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. But from the outset, uh, we see that this psalm is more than just a song. It's also a prayer. A prayer in which people call on God to bless them. Here, read with me. First 1, first 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Now, when we think of uh, blessings that come from God, uh, I think it's true to say that often what comes to mind are material blessings, uh, you know, like things like health and wealth and success, things like that. And I'm sure that's part of what's being asked for here. But what these people are ultimately asking for is the blessing of warm relationship with God. They're wanting God's face to shine on them with affection and joy. Now it's true as a a dad, uh, my, my children can generally tell how I'm feeling about them just by looking at my face. Sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it's like this. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) it's like this. (laughs) Now, my my kids can generally tell, uh, they they generally know what those faces mean. Um, Whether they actually um, respond appropriately to them or not is another matter, but they generally know that if I'm pleased with them, just by the look on my face. And at the very heart of this prayer for blessing here, is the desire that God would look upon these Israelites with a face that shines on them, you know, with affection and joy. But what's really interesting here is why they're calling on God to bless them. These Israelites want to be blessed so that the people all all around the world might see how wonderful it is to be in relationship with God and so want it for themselves. You know, as they... As they look at these Israelites and see, see their joy in worshipping. As they look at these Israelites and see the way that God protects them from their enemies. As they look at these Israelites and see the wisdom of God's laws in action. You know, bringing about loving families and honest business dealings and compassionate care for the poor and vulnerable. The prayer is that all these wonderful blessings that flow from being in relationship with God will now beckon all the peoples of the world to come to him as well. Here, read with me again from verse 1. Verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. Do you see? The Israelites are calling out for God to bless them in order that the peoples of the world might be attracted to the one true God who longs to save and bless them too. But what's really, really interesting here is why they want the people of the world to be blessed. Now, I'm sure to some extent it's out of love and and concern for the peoples of the world. But there's an even deeper motivation we see here. And that is that the people of the world might then give God the praise he deserves. Here, read with me verse 3. Verse 3. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Do you see? That's the ultimate desire of this psalm. The ultimate desire of the prayer here. That all the peoples of the world might come to praise God. That they might be, that, they, that, they, that he might be loved and adored by people from every nation, every tribe, every language on this earth. And it is a beautiful picture. Because as people submit their lives to this God and, and worship him, when they discover his, his goodness, well, they are filled with gladness. And burst into songs of joy. You know, unlike the gods of the nations, this God, he, he doesn't take advantage of the weak or play favourites. No, he's, he's a king who maintains justice for all. And unlike the gods of the nations, well, this God, he, he's not aloof and, and unconcerned. No, he's a, he's a shepherd who, who tenderly guides those in his care. Here, read with me verse 4. Verse 4. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. You see? Gladness and joy. Gladness and joy. That's what bursts forth from the nations as they discover the wonders of this saving God. And it is a beautiful picture It kind of reminds me of that uh, famous catechism question. Uh, I'm sure you know the one. That catechism question asks the question, what is the chief end of man? You know, what are we created for? Well, come on, you tell me. What is the chief end of man? Anybody? To glorify God and to Enjoy. enjoy him forever. The chief end of man to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. You see the two things, glorifying God, enjoying Him to forever. The, hand in hand. And that's the psalmist's prayer for all the peoples of the world. He envisions people of every language and skin colour, joyfully praising God. And as he does, he just can't help himself. He, he, he repeats his refrain from verse 3. There again in verse 5, look with me, he says again, May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Uh, I love what the famous 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon said about this repeated verse. He said, these words are no vain repetition, but are a chorus worthy to be sung again and again. He's right, isn't he? Because this is the God who is so worthy of our praise. And the praises of everyone else too. The praises of everyone everywhere. And when people turn to him and give him glory, well, their hearts are filled with joy. And then the psalm ends back where it began. With these Israelites calling on God to bless them. But here... They recognize that God has, in fact, already blessed them, uh, specifically by causing the land to produce crops. And yet they call on God to bless them even more, not just so they'll have more stuff, but so that those blessings will in turn cause the peoples of the world to, to fear God. That is, to stand in awe of Him, that they might come to declare, Wow, you're God. He really is amazing. I I want him to be my God too. Here, read with me these final verses from verse 6. Verse 6. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. And with that, the psalm ends. What's it all about? Well, it's a prayer, isn't it? A prayer in which the people of Israel call on God to bless them, that in so doing the peoples of the world might see through them how great God is and so be drawn to him too, that in the end they too might give God the praise and honour his due and be filled with joy. So I guess it begs the question, how did Israel go at all this? I mean, were they successful in attracting the Gentile nations to the one true God? Well, it's true that over the centuries, God did bless Israel abundantly, in fact. You know, I'm sure you remember, he gave them the, the promised land of milk and honey. He dwelled among them in the temple. He, he protected them, provided for them. He gave them his good, wise laws. All the while, his face shone warmly on them, and they were blessed. And it's true that at times, the peoples of the surrounding nations did see the blessings and were drawn to praise God as a result. Do you remember? There was, there was Rahab, who hid the uh, Hebrew spies before the fall of Jericho. Uh, there was Ruth, who left her Moabite gods to become an Israelite. There was the, the Queen of Sheba, remember her? visited Israel in the days of King Solomon and declared, Praise be to the Lord your God, who is delighted in you. And there's Naaman, the Aramean, who worshipped God when Elisha healed him of his leprosy. Yep, there sure were times when Israel drew the nations to praise God. But sadly, more often, Israel actually did the opposite causing the Gentiles around them to mock God. The problem, of course, was their sin, their idolatry and law-breaking and apathy towards God. All of these turned the nations away from God rather than towards him. And that was certainly God's complaint in the book of Malachi. "'My name will be great among the nations,' God said to them, but you, profane it. And so after countless warnings, God's face could no longer shine upon Israel with affection and joy. Instead, it was replaced with a a scowl of great anger. And his blessings on Israel were replaced with a curse. And in the end, Israel was nearly wiped out completely. But in his great mercy, God still chose to answer the prayer of Psalm 67. In a way that the psalmist, well, could never have hoped or imagined. For 2,000 years ago, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, into the world to deal with this problem of sin once and for all. Jesus, of course, was God's ultimate blessing. Blessing. And now through him, all people everywhere can know the warmth of God's face shining on them forever. Christian, that's you and me, isn't it? That's you and me. Now we have been drawn to Jesus in repentance and faith. Now we have experienced God's grace and forgiveness. And through Jesus, our lives are now filled with blessings, peace with God forever, purpose and meaning in our lives, deep and loving community, the sure hope of eternal life, just to name a few. And so now our hearts overflow with praise to Jesus, don't they? But friends, it's not enough, is it? I mean, your praise and my praise. It's not enough. As Saviour of the world, surely Jesus is worthy of worshipers from from every nation, every tribe, every language on this world of this world. Surely, surely he deserves the prize for which he died. And yet the simple fact is, so many people in our world today don't even know who Jesus is, let alone worship him. In fact, did you know that of all the ethnic or uh, people groups in this world, did you know that over 7,000 of them are what we call unreached for Christ? Unreached. That's 3.1 billion people who currently have no real means of ever hearing that Jesus died to save them. Most of whom are heading for a horrifying eternity without him, unless something changes. There's the Burmese of Myanmar, 31 million. The Hauser of Nigeria, 30 million. The Japanese, 121 million. The Pashtun of Pakistan, 25 million. The Sheikh of Bangladesh, 136 million. And many, many, many more. But how can they gladly sing the praises of Jesus when most don't even have the opportunity to hear his name? It's sobering, isn't it? And so we ask, is there anything we can do about it? Is there anything we here tonight can do about it? Friends, I think Psalm 67 gives us the answer to that question. The answer is yes, there is something we can do about it. Three things, in fact, three things we can do that the peoples may praise Jesus. Firstly, we can pray. Just like the psalmist did here in this psalm, praying passionately that God would be praised around the world. We saw it twice, didn't we? We saw it twice. Verse 3, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Again, verse 5, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. And friends, I think this needs to be our recurring prayer too. Uh, the, The chorus worthy of repeating over and over in our lives. As our hearts long for all the peoples of the world to know and glorify God. And so, friends, can I commend once again Mission Fest to you. When on the 13th of June, we'll focus on and pray specifically for the country of India. Sadly, a nation with more unreached people groups than any other on the face of this planet. A nation that desperately needs our prayers So will you come? God answered the psalmist's prayer in a way that he could never have hoped or imagined. And you know, he can do the same thing with our prayers too. That's the first thing we can do. We can pray. Secondly, we can go. You think about it. This psalm teaches us about blessings And the ultimate purpose for which God gives them to us. That through them, the nations will be drawn to him. And since our greatest blessing, well, is Jesus himself. Then friends, it's now our job to share him with the world. Now for some of us here tonight, that'll simply mean sharing Jesus with the people right here in Sydney with family and friends, workmates, schoolmates, neighbours, commending Jesus to them through your words, through your actions. But for others, God may be leading you to take the light of the gospel to some darker corner of the globe that people there might know the, the gladness and joy of which this psalm speaks as they meet Jesus through you. I mean, how, how moving was it uh, to watch that video earlier and hear of that, that dear woman, a hope in Bologna, Italy. You know, a woman in bondage to fear and shame for so long. No joy, no gladness. But then she met Jesus through some Christians who, who cared enough to seek her out and introduce her to him. Do you remember what she said? She said, Jesus is the reason I can now wake up every day and have the strength to carry on. My life was a mess. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he willingly took away all my sins. Now there's true joy. Friends, our world is full of people like hope, trapped in sin and shame and unaware of the God who longs to set them free. I can't help but wonder if God is leading at at least some of us here tonight to take the blessing of the gospel to, to some less reached part of the world. Friend, if that's you, then can I encourage you to come and tell us. Let let us know. Why not let us know? So that we can pray for you and we can encourage you. Who knows, maybe one day you'll even have a flag up here that represents you. It's an awesome thought, isn't it? So we can pray and we can go. But there is one more way in which we can all be involved. Third and finally, we can give. At the end of today's psalm, the Israelites acknowledged that God had blessed their lives, blessed their harvests, their, their work, and prayed that God would use their material blessings for his kingdom purposes. Well, now as our 21st century North Shore Christians, I know there aren't too many uh, farmers among us, but it is true that God has blessed us hasn't he? With the, the harvest of well some pretty significant income. I mean, in comparison with most of the world, we are the the uber rich, blessed tremendously by God. However, however the question is, how do we view those blessings? You know, what are they for? Are they given to us to build our own little kingdoms or God's? Are they for our own glory or his? As you heard earlier, in just three weeks, we'll have our annual Mission Sunday collection. An opportunity to to build God's kingdom by, by financially supporting our outstanding mission partners. And friends, I feel it's my my duty to call on you to not just hand over your loose change on that day, but rather to use it as an opportunity to invest joyfully and sacrificially in the kingdom of God. I feel it's my duty to call on you to give big, Whatever big might mean for you in your circumstances. And I say that unashamedly. Not just because I care about Jesus being glorified. Not just because I, I care about the people of the nations being saved. But because I care about you too. Because I want you, my, my brothers and sisters, to know true gladness, true joy. When, when when you see that stunning sunset, or hear that song that you love, isn't it true that your enjoyment is maximized as you share it with others, as, as, you praise on, as you praise it, and as you call on the others around you to praise it and enjoy it, too? Isn't it then that your joy is maximized? It happened to me this morning. I was sitting in our lounge room eating my breakfast. I looked out the window, saw a rainbow on the horizon. Anybody else see it this morning? Not you young people, I know you're not out of bed. but (laughs) Beautiful rainbow. Before I knew it, I couldn't help myself. Hey, everybody, look, rainbow. My son's like, where, daddy, where, where? joy and delight filling the room. If that's what it's like to simply look on, you know, this symbol of God's salvation, what do you think it's like when we call on the people around us to look on the Saviour himself? That's exactly why this evening I, I, I want to encourage each and every one of us To pray for the nations, to go to the nations, and to give lavishly that others might go to. Why? That the peoples may praise Jesus. And together we share in that joy that is beyond all others. Let's pray. Well, Father, we do want to thank you so very much for the mercy you've shown us in your Son, Jesus, and uh, for the hope and meaning and purpose he has brought into our lives. Uh, Father, it pains us to know that there are so many places in this world where uh, your praises are not heard because people have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, as those who have been blessed abundantly by you. We ask that you would use us and our resources to build your kingdom in this world, that through our prayers and witness and generosity, the ultimate blessing of Christ would come to many. Father, please speed on the day when we shall gather with people from every nation and tribe and language around your throne joyfully singing your praises as your face shines on us forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.